Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Sports Show, brought to you by thesportster.com. My name is Jim Parsons. We're going to be talking all about Survivor Series and Monday Night Raw on this episode of the show. Norman's going to join me in a second here. We'll break down what happened at Survivor Series, the pay-per-view, how it leads into Monday's Raw, storylines that are coming out of that show. We'll break down the matches. We'll break down the storylines. We'll talk about all of that. So, enjoy. Don't forget, uh, listen, subscribe, share with others. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And enjoy another edition of the Sports Show, brought to you by thesports.com. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of the Sports Show. Jim Parsons here with you from thesports.com. As always, Norman Quarantine on the other end of the microphone. Mike, uh, Norman, how you doing? I'm good, man. I got fuddled up there. I said on the end of the microphone, then I said Mike, as if that were your name. It's not your name. <laughs> Norman no, is not. your name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got a weirder I, name than Mike. I think my mouth was moving faster than my brain on that mm-hmm. one. But hey, that that happens sometimes. We're going to be uh, talking about Survivor Series, Monday Night Raw on this show. So hopefully as we go through the results and talk about our favorite parts, our winners and losers, my brain functions properly and we can get through this without many uh, major issues. Let's start with Survivor Series. Uh, I thought this was a pretty good show overall. Uh, mm. The War Games concept was pretty cool. I do miss the traditional Survivor Series elimination matches, but mm-hmm. this was the second best thing to it because I do not like the Raw versus SmackDown aspect of Survivor Series. What did you make of the pay per view overall? Yeah, overall, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, it wasn't it was nothing mind blowing, um, but I did I did kind of enjoy it um for the most part it was definitely and yeah like you said it was a big improvement on some of the recent raw versus smackdown um some of the recent raw versus smackdown survivor series the war games thing i'll be interested to see if they end up uh if that's the the road they end up going down for the future um but yeah it was i think what was interesting about it was this did feel like and i think we're starting to see this a little bit this 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 show felt felt kind of like 
and not just because of the war games matches but because of how those matches were booked and produced uh it felt like a sort of it felt like kind of an nxt show when when nxt was a bit more uh flying was a bit more watchable and enjoyable um Mm. whereas weirdly i feel like nxt now feels a bit more like a a main roster show (laughs) uh a a sort of pre pre triple h main roster show so yeah yeah it was interesting uh triple h did talk after the show was over in a press conference i thought he revealed a lot of really interesting information he was asked some questions about you know the war games concept and whether or not it would be used regularly at survivor Mm -hmm. series or just moved around from pay-per-view to pay-per-view, used when needed. And he hinted that he's looking at everything. He's looking at War Games, Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank, all of those gimmicky kind of concept matches that he's doing. He's going to relook at when and where they use them, um, and probably walking away from the pay-per-views being themed around those matches, and then just used to finish off storylines and stuff like that. So he didn't commit to the idea that War Games would be a regular Survivor Series thing. And to be totally honest with you, I hope that it isn't. I did like it, but he said, you know, you sort of need a break, right? The Raw versus SmackDown, the traditional Survivor Series elimination matches. You sort of have to take a step back every once in a while to make them feel special. And I I got the impression he was saying that they might go back to that at some point, Mm. although I don't know that you would go back to the Raw versus SmackDown thing. The issue I've always had with that is it doesn't really make any sense because they don't really hate each other. You know, they right they, the cross-brand stuff has always sort of been a question mark. Like, is there really any brand exclusivity here? Why would somebody who was just on Raw two weeks ago now hate the people from Raw because he went mm-hmm. to SmackDown? Just mm-hmm. arbitrary. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then they have all these, like, go-home shows where their locker rooms just fight with each other wearing their t-shirts for raw and smackdown respect it's just dumb like it just yeah, it was it didn't make any sense it was silly um i think it was cool you know kind of a bragging rights kind of thing like back in the day and back when the when you'd have the rosters um be unique for for some time but it was more recently they had been doing these they'd be doing survivor series two weeks after a draft and it just felt fake and, and contrived yeah. and silly and then yeah the, like you said the problem with some of the when you when you sort of have it so that this pay-per-view is going to have this type of match you're booking yourselves into a corner right with the with it with the exception of the royal rumble which is like a multi-man match that everybody's trying to ring win um if you if you say that like you know every every um every november we're gonna do war games well, then you're booking yourselves into a corner. You have to try to everybody, every the fa- all the fans, all the viewers know that uh, as soon as November rolls around, we're going to start getting, um, you know, alliances and, and and teams of of five forming and, and stuff like that. And it was the same when they had the the Hell in a Cell unique pay per view. It's the same with TLC and Extreme Rules. Honestly, it's kind of like, you know, with Hell in a Cell, part of the fun of it, part of the excitement of it was that you never knew when 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 one was going to come. Um, and it would all, it would only be utilized for very very specific feuds where that required the cell to sort of keep everybody uh, inside or whatever. And now they just you know if you have a, a you like luckily they haven't done it for a little bit. But yeah, when you have a unique Hell in a Cell pay per view, it just just feels kind of silly. Yeah, that's what he was arguing, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's like, it's those you know uh, Hell in a Cell matches are kind of a blow off to the end of a major feud between two people. And the Elimination Chamber, on the other hand, is not like, in his words, where, okay, hey, you and me, we hate each other, so let's fight with five other people in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? So right. You, why would you do that if you're trying to tell a story? Instead of, you know, using the matches to finish your story, 
don't make your stories work around the matches. It doesn't make any sense. And I totally agree with them. You need to build your storylines first, long-term thinking, and then have that match be the payoff to the rivalry or the feud that ends because somebody won at hell and sell or because mm. you can't really build a feud around money in the bank. Like it just doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But right. with the war games concept for survivor series, we did get to see some pretty cool stuff. Uh, it started with the women's war game match, which I thought was, was really good. I can't help but think that Rhea Ripley is standing out for me on this women's roster, mm. like just night and day, the elevation after joining judgment day, how she's really, I've uh, been quite dominant in her matches and she always seems to be getting the pin, even with her own group. She's kind of become the, you know, de facto leader, even though they don't have a leader, she's kind of that person. And she's mm-hmm. really standing out for me on the women's roster. I think she's on her way to be in the big deal. Um, mm-hmm. And her timing is excellent. I mean, because there's no Charlotte, there's no Sasha, uh, Becky's just coming back. Um, there's a lot of people missing uh, from the roster and Rhea's really grabbed that. And, mm. and kind of become a major deal there. Mm. What did you think of this match? I thought it was okay. It didn't, it was different than the men's. The men's one told a story. Mm-hmm. This one didn't. This was more about sort of the action in the ring, the spots, Becky jumping mm-hmm. off the cage and through the table, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of a surprise considering she just came back. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was solid. I, I enjoyed it. It was a good opener, I think. Um, crowd, crowd was into it. It seemed like some cool spots. Um, yeah, and you're right about Rhea Ripley. She really is starting to fulfill that potential that, I mean, you know, she's always, I think she's, she's always been an, a, you know, a, a, a impressive athlete, um, but not always been sort of booked uh, super well and hasn't, um, hasn't really sort of uh, blown people away in some of her matches um, as much as we thought she might when, when she first sort of debuted in the, in the May Young Classic, for example. Um, but I do feel like, yeah, she's starting to fulfill some of that potential and is starting to, um cement her spot as a as the sort of the the big mama on on that women WWE women's roster. Mm. Yeah, like before she was she was not in terrible spots. They just didn't really know what to do with her. She she stood out because she was Rhea Ripley. She looked different. She acted different. She could go. Uh she was strong. Things like that. But now you put her in like I don't think I think they're doing the right thing creatively with her, but I don't know that they're necessarily booking this stuff to make her look like a star. She just is. Like she's in the ring with other women and she's standing out. She's in an eight man tag or eight mixed person tag on raw. And she's the one who's standing out. Like it just, she's figured out a way to, to be the it thing in any segment she's a part of. And I think it's huge for WWE. I think it's huge for her. And I think that they've recognized this and started to say, okay, well she's onto something here. Let's run with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really, really good. Becky Lynch coming back uh, is huge. I think that was pretty obvious that Belair and Lynch were probably going to be the reason that they won that match. Um, it's hard to not have them win when you have the momentum, like Becky Lynch coming back into the fold. And it looks like Lynch and Bailey are probably building towards something. Uh, they mm-hmm. started at a Survivor Series, then sort of continued it on on raw, which was a little awkward. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, the crowd interaction was odd, but um, it was not bad. Uh, we'll see where it goes. What about AJ Styles and Finn Balor? I like this match. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the fact that AJ Styles picked up a win here. I don't think it hurts Finn Balor. I think they did it right and protected him in the loss, but AJ needed this. I think this was a, a win that Styles. You don't know it necessarily when you watch him, but he hadn't had a singles win on a pay-per-view in like three years or something. Mm-hmm. So this is pretty big for him. I thought this was a good match. Yeah, I enjoyed this match. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, I I think they def the two of them definitely have a much better match in them. 
um but this was really solid um uh yeah definitely uh a good 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 performance from both guys and you know i like that they have been utilizing and referencing by name bullet club on 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 air and acknowledging the fact that both this was a match between two former bullet club members um there's an there's a story already built in there even if you take away the oc which obviously is you know a spin-off of a bullet club even if you take away the oc judgment day storyline there's this is a this is a match between two guys who you know in in another timeline can could be close friends yeah and michael cole wasn't shy about talking about it like like you said right when they came down the narrative he was telling us they were coming down to the ring, both wearing their masks and stuff like that, uh, was that they wanted to prove who was the better leader of mm-hmm. these groups, whatever you want to call them, Bullet Club, OC, Club, uh, whatever this case may be. The idea behind this match was they had something to prove. I'm the better leader. No, I'm the better leader. So they're not shying away from that history, which the old WWE under Vince McMahon probably never would have done, which is is really cool. The biggest loser for me, I think, on the night was the Ronda Rousey and Shotzi match. It mm. wasn't terrible, but it wasn't really good either. Mm-hmm. Like, they tried to do a lot of stuff that I thought was just kind of awkward, right? Like, Rousey and Shotzi missed a couple spots. Like, there was one where Shotzi comes off the rope and Rousey, like, belly to belly slams her. But it didn't really look like a move that was meant to be that way. They went out to the crowd, which I'm sure had some planted developmental talent sitting in a chair and Shotzi jumps off the rail and rams rousey through the guys sitting and like that just seemed unnecessary and awkward to me it just felt kind of forced like this match was trying to be more than it was ever going to be um Mm -hmm. so it wasn't awful but it certainly didn't live up to the other stuff in my opinion Mm -hmm. uh what did you make of this one yeah there were there were there were there were moments in this where i thought um I don't know that there were definitely Shotzi was up for it. Shotzi seemed really up for it. And I think that she was super excited. Um, and I think she was ready to, to put in a shift. And I don't know that. I think, I think Shotzi's really great. I think she's got a lot of charisma. She can clearly, she's clearly capable of getting the, the crowd on her side, but I don't know that she is a good enough worker to get a good, to, to sort of carry, uh, someone like Ronda, someone like Ronda, who is, you know, I mean, this this second Rousey WWE run has been very, very lackluster. Um, you know, she's, you know, she's a star. She's she's got main, you know, cross cross, you know, mainstream appeal. Um, you know, I understand why she's on that roster. Um, but since since her return, she just hasn't really. Just I don't know. She seemed a little bit. The stuff with Liv was 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 pretty good, right? And I think that that was mostly because of Liv, to be honest with you. Um, in this match, she just didn't seem to, like she wanted to take any of Shotzi's moves, and um, she bottled out of a couple of moves, and it, and it ended up making the match was making the match way worse than it could have been had she been more willing to to actually sort of work with with Shotzi. Um, yeah, I think I think Ronda needs people needs to be in the ring with people like. Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, people like that to get um to get to get sort of a, a really, really strong performance out of her. Or um she needs to be in some sort of, you know, street fight kind of thing. Um this match got a little bit scrappy at times, but yeah, like I said, her 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 unwillingness to to um to take any to take some of Shotzi's moves really, really was to the detriment of the match. And uh yeah, it was it was upsetting. 
and yeah and then later we found out that it was produced by brian kendrick which was interesting yeah that's it <laughs> i'm not sure how well that's going over backstage um mm. considering his history of saying some things that are a little bit questionable on social media but uh that mm-hmm. was in the past maybe they're feeling like that's over Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ronda Rousey has a similar history. So there you go. <laughs> right. Uh, I, you know what, what's interesting for me about Rousey is I wonder if it's a little too late to go backwards because if I'm WWE, I don't ever book Rousey in a situation where she needs to sell so much, right? Mm-hmm. She's coming over from MMA. She's one of the most, now she's long since retired from that, but on the way out, um, she was one of the most dominant female athletes in the world. And you could have just run her like a Goldberg for a while and had her be basically unstoppable, beating a bunch of people until she finally gets in matches with, you know, the likes of a Charlotte or a Bailey or a Becky Lynch or whatever the case may be. I don't know that you can go backwards now. She's tried to sell moves and make these other competitors like Shotzi and Liv and it's sort of up to her level. And really on paper, they shouldn't be like, I like Shotzi a lot as a character and a gimmick. I think it really is kind of cool. And Liv's got this sort of, swelling underground following that is is building and i think mm-hmm. that makes sense but really they shouldn't be in the same league but i don't know that you have that ability now to go backwards because rousey's been selling for these competitors and making things look pretty even i think if they could figure out a way to just make rousey stand out dominant and have her be with baszler bring in those four horsewomen and just have her little faction even though it sort of feels like she doesn't necessarily need it but she just wants the little gang mentality of mma former fighters who can just torture people maybe you got something there but I, I just wonder if they've sort of passed that opportunity now because she's been in matches where she hasn't looked wonderful but she's been trying to sell for people to make them come up to her level i don't know i just mm. something's off to me with that and i just don't i don't know where you go from there yeah i mean it feels like she just enjoyed her time you know she she took some time off she became a mother and i think maybe they made her an offer that was too tempting i i, I feel like she probably didn't have she doesn't I feel like she doesn't, and it, this is fine, right? It's totally fine to be like this. I feel like she just doesn't really have that much of a passion for the business or for the fans. Um, and so, yeah, I think she took some time off and probably enjoyed it. And then they made her an offer, that, a sort of financial offer that was too good to refuse. So now we're in this situation where it feels like she's just kind of phoning it in a little bit. Yeah, I think if they let her naturally be the heel that she probably should be, Right. And gave her the mouthpiece that she probably needs mm-hmm. or just let her be nat. Like she, to me, feels a lot like Roman felt to me early on where he was on yeah. his own and he was being forced these promos that didn't really work. And the right. universe wasn't buying it. Ron has got that going on right now. I think it's a little different with Shayna. Like they seem like a natural fit together. Like they're more, you know, they get a kick out of torturing people. I like that aspect of it. I think she should yeah. do more of that. She has been a bit more of a heel lately, which has been an improvement for sure. Yes. Character wise anyway. I think that's where they need to go full in on her mm. because I think once you get that and she embraces it and she feels comfortable with it, that whole, like, she doesn't want to be here passion thing. Maybe we start to get a different impression. Like, oh yeah, she's really liking it. You know, like the same way that Roman was a he became the goat like he is Mm, just absolutely mm. the best heel in the business right now but if you look back at this two or three years ago you would have been like really but it's turned out really well i think rousey has that i just don't know that she can ever wrestle up to that level but i think Mm. if she feels natural and comfortable as the heel and they let her run with it and give her the right material to work with it could be good um austin theory surprisingly i think for a lot of people anyway becomes the United States champion in a triple threat. We were talking about this. We're like, how are they going to book this? I thought they did a really good job, actually. I'm a little surprised that Seth Rollins is not the champion right now. 
considering he hasn't he wasn't champion for very long. But they did this well. I think it was a you know a suplex where Lashley speared Rollins and then mm. Theory fell on top of Rollins and got the count. So he sort of lucked into it, but at the same time he's playing it off like, hey, this is my time. I so I told you, you know, I was gonna get this thing. Uh he's such a man, night and day between mm. losing that 24-7 or the money in the bank briefcase and then where he's at just weeks later is really mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. Uh and yeah, this the finish to this was a bit was a bit silly, but I liked it. Um if if that was the result, they, you know, they they had their they had the you know, they got from A to Z in a way that I think was was um probably the best way they could have done it. You know, they knew if they knew that they wanted theory to take to get that title, um, then yeah, the way they the way they did it was probably the best the best route they could have taken. It was silly, but yeah, but fun. No, yeah, I thought he's really been quite good. And they needed a way to protect all three people, and I, th- I think they effectively did that because Lashley looks like the one who was the reason the pin happened. Rollins doesn't look like he should have lost it in another way, so it makes sense. And then Theory becomes the ultimate heel here because he's got the title and probably didn't deserve it, but hmm. um, you know it's really good. Okay, so the men's war game match, this was the most fun for me. I thought the triple threat match with Austin Theory and those, I thought that might have been the best match in ring-wise just in terms of the back and forth and all three guys really putting on a show. But this men's war game match told quite the story. I mean, coming into it, the whole idea was, is Sammy really going to be loyal to us? So they had, you know, backstage video interviews leading up to this and Roman testing out Sammy's loyalty and talking and then coming in. And of course, Kevin Owens planting the seed the whole time that maybe Sammy will turn or should turn in case they turn on him first. And we get this whole um, Sammy leads, sets it up so that he protects the bloodline low blows Kevin Owens, which allows Jey Uso to land the frog splash. Bloodline gets the win. Mm. And then Jey Uso hugs it out with Sammy. And they're now on the same page, which carried over to Monday Night Raw. So I still don't firmly believe. I think this is Jay putting on a show. Like mm. That's how I see this. Like, I'm like, okay, he's, he's understanding that con- like being confrontational is not working for Roman Reigns. So I'm just going to pretend like I love Sammy. And when the time is right, I'm going to turn on him. That's mm. how I see this. I think other people see this as, okay, he's finally really accepted and they're going to run with this for a while. Where do you see this? I thought this was an interesting story. Good match, but the story was the more important part here. Uh, where do you see this going? Yeah, the match was was decent. Again, this was the match that I felt um, when I earlier when I said that it felt a bit like an NXT. This really did feel like, obviously, that I you know this would make sense considering that the War Games matches of recent times have been um, confined to NXT. But this really did feel, and I guess because because of Butch Butch's presence as well, who's who I get they mentioned on commentary. I think this was his third or fourth War Games match, mm-hmm. which yeah. is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, this was definitely this did feel like an NXT match in a way, and not in a bad way either, not in a bad way. Um, uh, but yeah, just kind of that you you can already tell that the booking uh and the the match production, the way the matches are laid out, is you know we're we're not in Kansas anymore, kind of thing, you know. Um. And I think that's going to ultimately be beneficial to WWE. Um, and we'll, we'll, and I think Triple H is still finding his feet as a booker on the main roster a little bit. But I think that that, um, I think he's going to actually really ease into it. And I think people are going to start, um, a lot of people, people who dropped off of WWE, uh, who became disillusioned with Vince's booking um, and with Pritchard's booking are probably going to come come back um soon uh i think that 
you know, maybe by WrestleMania time, uh, things are going to be heating up and be really exciting. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, so the match was solid. I thought um, some good spots, uh, some good action. Everybody was, everybody brought their A game. I actually thought Rich Holland was really good in this. Um, even though he hasn't been sort of in ring, his in ring, his in ring stuff hasn't been, um, you know, incredibly impressive. I think being work, I think him being, uh, grouped with Seamus and and Butch is really really beneficial to his development um, because he is he is the least experienced of the three. We forget that he is you know he's in his thirties I think, but he hasn't been wrestling for very long. He's been wrestling for way less time than than Butch and way way less time than Seamus. Um, so I think he's he's improving and I, and I like what I'm seeing from him. Um, Seamus was up for it. Seamus was brilliant. Butch was great. Usos were great. Kevin Owens, obviously, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know what you're going to get from them. They never let you down. Um, and their chemistry is off the charts. And they were absolutely uh, just really, really engaging in this match. Kevin Owens, his, the way he just kind of, he can be off, off TV for six months and come back and in five minutes be the, be the most entertaining and charismatic guy in the roster. He's, he's incredible. Um, and then yeah, the story. I kind of yeah, I, I can see what I can see what you're saying. Uh, it could be like a little swerve. I definitely think you know they sh- they they focused on Sammy's face at the end of that match, and there was you know they're already sowing the seeds of doubt immediately. Um, I don't know for sure where they're going. I, I you know is Sammy Zayn like? And I did say in the Slack at the time, right? I feel like Triple H in 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 one match he re- he re- he fixed like five years worth of damage to Sammy Zayn. Because main roster Sami Zayn has not been the same as NXT Sami Zayn. You know, there's been moments of brilliance, the odd the odd match here and there where, where he was booked really well. But um, yeah, overall, I think Triple H has 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 kind of increased Sami Zayn's stock exponentially to the point where he's now like one of the main you know main characters of the show. And is Sami Zayn a potential uh, viable you know threat to Roman's reign? I don't know, but we'll find out. Yeah, this just, it has to end some way. The mm-hmm. trick is how and mm-hmm. when and how long do you want to run this out? And you don't want to pull the trigger too quick, uh, but mm-hmm. you don't want to run it too long either because it'll get old and you want to, like anybody that says, oh, I want to leave when I'm at the top, you need these these guys to break when they are at their peak. Right. Um, so that's the trick here. And I think they're doing a pretty good job of, of setting that up. And- but- Sorry to interrupt. I do want to. I do, I do want to say right. I know that like if I say, oh, Sami Zayn, uh, beat Sami Zayn. You know, in six months to a year, Sami Zayn could beat Roman Reigns for the for the undisputed WWE Universal title. That might sound absolutely bonkers, and but that's because we're still thinking that Vince McMahon is running the show and he's not. Right. We know that Triple H sees top guy material in Sami Zayn because he's made Sami Zayn his top guy, um, and I think. You know, if Brian Danielson can can become the, t- the champion in WWE, then there's no reason why Sami Zayn can't. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. Triple H is booking the show now, so I think I think some of his favorites from NXT are actually going to start being showcased in a way that they deserve to be. Yeah, it'll be very interesting because they're at a part now where Roman Reigns, whoever beats him, like we're talking Undertaker streak level, mm-hmm. like you got to decide who's going to beat this guy. Right for years, they're like, well, should it be this guy? Then they didn't. It should it be this guy? And then they didn't. Sami Zayn's in an interesting spot because if they decide to do that with Sami Zayn, that's huge. Not just mm. in terms of what it could do for him, but the pressure that it puts on him to be able to carry 
not just the brand as the champion, but the weight of having been the guy who beat mm-hmm. Roman Reigns when mm-hmm. nobody else could beat Roman Reigns. Right. It's really like on a wrestling level. I don't know that you have Roman Reigns lose, beat all these other people and then lose to Sami Zayn, but in a shock sort of like, how do you tell this story? How does it work? Like where does it, where does that pin come from? Mm-hmm. That would be really something else. Like if, if Sami Zayn were the guy that they chose. And they, they have started to show some some vulnerability in Roman's dominance, right? Um, we did see it with, okay, we saw it with the Logan Paul. Logan Paul took took Roman pretty, pretty far. And then, um, you know, if not for Sami Zayn stopping the ref, Kevin Owens would have got a three count on, on Roman with a stunner during the, the War Games match. So they are starting to show some some cracks appearing in Roman's dominance, um there you can foresee a situation where the bloodline is 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 out of service or 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 banned from ringside or something and Sami Zayn's an underdog man he's he's one of the ultimate underdogs he no you know we saw in his his rise to the to becoming NXT champion in NXT he he's capable of 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 doing it yeah, and they've also got this sort of like what's going on with Jay here, right? Because there's two mm-hmm. ways you can go with this. Either he's setting up Sami Zayn because he still doesn't trust Sami Zayn or he's setting up Roman Reigns out of spite, mm-hmm. right. right? Because if he's really that mad that Roman Reigns has let Sami into the family and embraced him like a brother, mm-hmm. then Jay's probably just seething underneath, mm-hmm. right? And he's looking for his spot and waiting and letting everybody think that this is all good and things are all kosher. And then he's the one that costs Roman reigns and you go back to Jay and it like breaks up the whole bloodline. And what it could be that too. Like I have no idea. And that's the beauty of this is that you just, there's so many ways it could go and there's so many different results that could happen if they do it right. That could really work quite well. It'll be kind of fun to see. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's move over a little bit to raw just in the few minutes we've got left here. Uh, Show starts chaotic. First hour, commercial free. Becky Lynch, uh, damage control, fighting in the crowd. A little awkward moment between Bob, Le- Becky, Zachary, and Becky. Uh, they fight into the the concourse, into the merch stands. And then we go right into what was a singles match between Medium and Rhea Ripley into an eight-person mixed tag match, which the whole first like 40 minutes of Raw was just crazy chaotic. And I think that was the purpose. They wanted to do that on purpose just to let us know this was the speed of the show this week i thought it was pretty good um the lynch segment in the crowd was weird to me um they tried Mm -hmm. doing something i don't think it landed but Mm -hmm. not not for the fault of trying you might as well Mm -hmm. give it a shot Mm -hmm. right i did Mm -hmm. like the eight man or the eight person tag match though i thought the rear ripley media match was actually pretty solid and then Mm -hmm. the uh eight person tag that came out of it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. uh what did you think of the first opening hour raw which was commercial free yeah, pretty wild. Um, yeah, I don't think everything really clicked into place as much as they envisioned. I think if you're going to be commercial commercial free for that first hour, maybe you need to be a little bit more organized and maybe don't uh, um, have some sort of off-the-cuff, wacky uh, crowd work stuff. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Definitely, it was fun and, and not um, not the worst hour of, of Raw we've seen in the last um, couple of years. So yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it. Uh, Like I said, I thought the crowd stuff, I got this feeling like some of the things that we don't normally get to see when we're watching on TV that might happen during commercial break is what happens a lot 
whether mm. it's a crowd interaction or like Dominic climbing into the ring and having this interaction with Mia and stuff. Like, I think those would have happened normally during commercial breaks that we never get to see if we're not mm. there live. And then mm-hmm. we just got to see them this week. So they feel a little weird. Um, and they feel like they're kind of forced and like, oh, they're just filling. But that's probably stuff that happens for the the live crowd all the time. They just happen to do a commercial during that time to keep everybody busy. Right. And we kind of saw that at Clash of the Castle, right, with a little sing-along at the end, which was 100% would have been a, a thing, an untelevised moment. And they just kind of left, left, kept the cameras going for that. Yeah, there's all sorts of talk about whether or not that was done on purpose or they screwed that up. But mm. yeah, you never know. Like I've been to a lot of live events. They always do kind of cool stuff for the fans. Uh, I guess a couple other takeaways from this show. Street Profits are back. I thought they had a really good match with Alpha Academy. Um, 50-50 booking for Alpha Academy. Sometimes they win a couple in a row. Sometimes they lose. But uh, I thought Angelo Dawkins really stood out to me. I thought he looked great. Like he's, you, We talk about Montez Ford and what he's going to be as a singles wrestler at some point. I don't think you should overlook Angelo Dawkins. He was mm-hmm. like the Marty Jannetty of the Shawn Michaels Marty mm. Jannetty rockers split, but I don't know. I think Angelo Dawkins is pretty good. I think he's got something there. Yeah, he's coming into his own for sure. I and mean, you know what people say about the Marty Jannetty Shawn Michaels thing is that, you know, Jannetty was secretly the better worker. So I don't, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think Montez definitely has, has more potential as a single star. But yeah, Angelo is, yeah, you definitely can't sleep on him. And he, he definitely uh, fulfills his role um, uh, properly. And, and yeah, well. I just don't. I just hope they keep them together for a while longer. Like I don't. I don't think you need to pull the trigger on a Montez Ford singles run yet. I think you mm. you can wait that one out. I know that people want it. And I think that people can see it, and I do agree that he has the charisma and the it factor to be something big. But I don't think you need to go there yet. Let this tag team kind of run its course. The Miz and Dexter Loomis. We've been waiting forever for this match to finally happen. For Loomis to finally get his contract in WWE, he gets it. He gets the money that the Miz owes him. To me. This didn't have the ultimate payoff like you would expect, you would hope after months of building this up and telling different stories. And then, the, but it was okay. They paid it off. Uh, Loomis gets his his contract. I don't know what's going to happen now. I'm assuming the Miz will go on to work with Johnny Gargano in a feud. Loomis are going to have to find something for him um, because you can't do all this, build it up, and then just drop him. He needs a he needs a good feud. He needs somebody they got- to battle with. They got to bring Indy up to, <laughs> yeah. They got to get Indian. Well, they're, they're st- as far as I know, they're still legally married, aren't they? So yeah, <laughs> I guess storyline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. It's interesting the way they booked that match on Raw. It had a little bit of like there were mixed levels of different genres of wrestling. Like I, I couldn't help when he's giving the money away. If people might not know this, if they're not you know old enough to remember this, but like when Andre the Giant slammed Big John Studd at WrestleMania one and they gave away all that money. And then Bobby Heenan runs in, he grabs a bag back. So Andre can't give away the money. I had like feelings of that. And then there was like Dexter Loomis can't be hurt by anything. I had feelings sort of of the undertaker just always sitting up. I had feelings of that. I don't know where the vice grip thing comes in because he put a vice grip on his head, which was a really strange moment in a match. Mm -hmm. Kind of funny, but never seen that before. Uh, So I don't know what you do with Loomis. Like that's it's an interest. He's a super interesting character. I think his gimmick is unique. And I think they could really make it work if they find the right thing for him. I just don't know what that thing is. Like, right, and I do think he's better as a comedy thing. Honestly, I, he's. I think they. I don't think that that was what they had planned initially, but I think they realized that his shtick is kind of funny. Um, yeah, you know, he's kind of a, a more sort of um, slasher movie version of Orange Cassidy in a way. You know, um, so yeah, I think I think he works best in a more sort of comedic role for sure. Um, I think there's a place for him on that roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they could figure it out and have him working with the right people, I think it could be a real hit. 
Uh, Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae's back. She picks up a big win here, actually. Um, mm-hmm. A logical one and a good match. Uh, Kai's probably tired from running the gauntlet at War Games and being in the ring for that long a period of time. So Candice LeRae picks up a win, which I think is smart, especially since they were talking about Corey Graves, I think, is the one who said it. You only get so many chances to shine in this women's division. If you don't win, you're just going to the back of the line. So she does get a win here that I think was uh, really good. And then Kevin Owens and Jey Uso, I thought that was a heck of a match. Um, Really strong main event. And Kevin Owens is able to overcome four members of the bloodline. Now, to me, what I took away from this was Sami Sami Zayn did not get involved here. He was very much in the corner of the bloodline cheering them on, but he didn't physically get involved at all. But everybody else kind of did. And so I get this sense that Sammy's like, well, okay, I'm here bloodline. I'm not going to touch my buddy, but I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. If that's not going to turn into anything, if I saw something that isn't there, I don't know. But Mm. I thought the Canisterry match with Dakota Kai was good. And then the Kevin Owens, Jey Uso match was really interesting. Kevin Owens picked up a win here. So I think that was big. Mm, Yeah. Miss big. Um, Definitely. You know, and he, he took the, am I right? He took the pin at war games, right? Kevin, yes, KO, yeah. He took the low blow and then Jay was a frog frog splash. Yeah, him. and that was just like so smart. I thought that was really no, I think of that of the people on that team, you would have expected, you know, Butch or Ridge Holland to take the pin. But I think having KO take the pin, it was unexpected and then and it just worked so much better for the story and made everything had made made everything so much more meaningful than it would have been if it had, you know, that Sami Zayn, that 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 climax doesn't work as well if they do the same thing to Ridge Holland, for example, you know um so yeah and yeah he de- he needs a win i'm hoping he because it's hard because because you know roman right now is just dominating and has everything so- like those he has both titles sewn up um and so it is that i don't i'm hoping they don't get themselves in a situation where they're not they're not able to create any new top guys like we saw with you know the sort of lol cena wins era where they were struggling to create anybody any kind of formidable worthy opponents for, for John Cena because John Cena was so dominant. Um, hopefully we don't get that. You know, I think they have good bases to work with that, you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, for example, they're ready to step up into that, that top spot. If, if, if they need to, you know, I'm sure Roman's going to want to take some time off at some point. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely not working a full-time schedule, but they're, I think they're doing a smart, like having them show up when it matters being part of it and the bloodline storyline itself, it makes sense that Roman shouldn't be there every week because they need to have their problems when he's not around. And then he comes back like an angry father who mm-hmm. sort of whips them back in. Like it just makes a lot of sense. So it, it, you wouldn't want him on TV every week anyway. And that Kevin Owens can pull off a win without Roman Reigns there also sets up the idea. Do I really need to come back and help you guys against one person? Like how are four of you unable to take out one guy? Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's an interesting kind of fascinating idea that they're, they're running. It makes sense to me. So I thought mm-hmm. Raw was pretty good overall. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed like, I don't know why they did the hour commercial free, if they were up against something or they felt like it was needed. Um, I'm not sure it made a huge difference to the show itself, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, a good follow-up to Survivor Series, which I thought was a decent pay-per-view overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Decent pay-per-view. Yes. Yeah. Solid pay-per-view, decent follow-up. Um, you know, we're about, to start hitting the road to wrestlemania right we're getting towards the end of the year and then we're in royal rumble season and then yeah so wwe i I expect them to start kicking into into high gear very very soon um and you know survivor series and raw you know survivor series wasn't as 
um as as nuts and as exciting as it could have been but um it was definitely the 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 signs are there yeah i'm i'm very excited about royal rumble because i think triple h has already set the stage for all these surprises who knows what he's gonna do uh there and i don't mm-hmm. the idea that he's been pulling too many surprises so royal rumble won't mean as much i don't believe that for a second i think that royal rumble is going to be his in his brain okay now i can turn up the volume all the way and mm-hmm. see what he does with it. So I'm really excited about that one. All right, Norman, thank you very much. Uh, the run through with Survivor Series and Monday Night Raw. I hope everybody enjoyed this. Don't forget, download, subscribe, share with others about the Sportster Show, and go to the sportster.com for all the articles and everything else. Until next time, this has been another edition of the show. We'll talk to you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 